thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Waldy? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow in Furnace. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, other than that, I don't think I've got any notices particularly. But just as we were singing then, I was just reminded uh, of something because my headphone fell out and I couldn't hear what Marie was saying. My headphone fell out. I didn't choose it to fall out. It dropped out, which meant it was a real struggle. And actually, sometimes we can hear Jake talking to us from the sound desk. And we have a little panel of things. We can turn Jake up and down if we want to. We can ignore his voice. And we can say, we're not going to listen to what Jake's going to tell us, even if it's really important. And this morning, I want us to think about actually listening to God. Don't reject what God wants to say to you this morning by either choosing to turn him down or choosing to ignore what he's got to say or accidentally being distracted. This morning, we're here to hear what God wants to say. We're going to look at our study in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The whole series is called Our Hope and His Glory. That's what it's all about as church. It's about our hope in Christ, waiting for His glory and Jesus' return. A couple of years ago, as a church, we shared a, a vision that was all about people, people, people. At the time, we had three buildings. We'd just not long since bought the pavilion and we'd done a lot of work on the pavilion. We've got the building at Walney that Walney Community Trust operates and still had Abbey Road at the time, still got Abbey Road now. Um, we said it's not about buildings. Church is about the people. It's about people, people, people. And I wanted to remind us of some of those things. Our mission statement as a church is to reach, teach, grow and send. To reach people for Jesus. To teach them about Jesus. To, 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 to send them for Jesus and to grow them in Jesus. I got those the wrong way around, but that's fine. And it still stands true today. Our mission is to reach, teach, grow and send. And it's all about people, 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 no matter what we do as church, it needs to be centered on people, people, people. And actually, at the moment, our vision of three worshiping communities, we've actually got lots of worshiping communities because everybody's worshiping in their own homes, in their own streets, in their own situations. And right now, as we get towards almost a year of this pandemic and separation and isolation, we can read Paul's words and echo some of the statements from chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians. So I'm going to read from verses 13 to 20 eventually, but first of all, just from 13 to 16, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to 16. It says this, And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people, the same things that those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displeased God 
and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. I'm just going to stop there because the vision we talked about was about people, people, people and the importance of people. The church isn't a building, the church is people. And right now, it's still people, people, people because we can't meet in our building. This young church in Thessalonians, in Thessalonica, were being picked on because of their faith in Jesus. We see a people persecuted. It is about people, 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 and these are people that are persecuted. They were picked on by the very people who should have known better. The people who should have seen Jesus come in and known that Jesus was the Messiah. This church became imitators of God and of the other churches, and the result was they suffered at the hands of those that Paul says killed Jesus. They suffered because they imitated God. These people that they wanted to share the good news with rejected the very word of God. And sometimes we are no better. We reject God's word when we ignore the parts we don't like. I don't know about you, but there's some really difficult parts of scripture. And many times we might look at it and go, well don't like that bit, so I'm not going to read it. I don't like that bit, so I'm not going to listen to it. We reject God's word when we ignore the parts we don't like. We reject God's word when it doesn't allow us to do what we want to do, when it gets in the way of who we are and what we want. We reject God's word when basically we tear things down. People are quick, aren't they, to tear down God's people. People are quick to tear down the church, to tear down faith. But there is nothing worse than when that comes from other people who would call themselves holy. I really find it a real struggle when you see people tearing down God's people when they are God's people themselves. This week, and I've had to fish it out of the bin because my immediate reaction was to throw it away, but this week I received a pamphlet in the post to hear the pavilion from a church down in London. And this pamphlet is called The Alpha Course. I thought, that's interesting. I'll have a look at this. And actually, their mission here is to tear down the work of Nicky Gumbel and The Alpha Course. To basically say, it's not godly. That Nicky Gumbel is a false prophet. Even going so far as to say, he might sound like a gentle man with a gentle name like Nicky Gumbel. It's almost like Humble Gumbel. <laughs> but actually, they say... This, this, guy, this guy is wrong. We need to be very careful of the Alpha Course. Do you know, this, this Alpha Course that we know, we've used as a church, is that Nicky Gubble started something that has led to millions and millions and millions of people across the whole world turning to Jesus. Turning to Jesus. They have, they have come from no faith background to suddenly having a faith in God. This is a, a man who started that thing. And right now, this man and his organization, his church, is helping many, many millions of people read God's word all year, every year, because the Bible in one year app that he has promoted, and many, many people, people who are watching this right now, will use the Nicky Gumbel Alpha Bible in one year app because his passion is to see people turn to Jesus. And his passion is to see people connect with the word of God. 
is to see people reading the scriptures from cover to cover, not just picking the bits out that they don't like or picking the bits out that they do like. His mission is to see people turn to Jesus, to reach them. And his mission is to teach them, to grow them. And ultimately, his own church he will send for God. I know Tim Hughes was from his church, and Tim Hughes has now planted a church in Birmingham that has grown from from nothing to something much bigger. Why? Because Nicky Gumbel has pointed people to Jesus as Saviour and Lord. What is, what is wrong with people that somebody then produces a pamphlet to post around churches in the UK to say, this man's a false prophet? That's terrible. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. You know, the disciples of Jesus went to him at one point and said, there are other people acting in your name, casting out demons in your name, shall we curse them? And Jesus went, no, because if they're on our side, they're with us. If they're for us, that's good. They're doing it in my name. Nicky Gumbel, a man who always points to Jesus as Saviour and Lord, is being torn down. And I find that incredibly sad. Do you know the main reason for the attack in this pamphlet? Because he promotes spiritual gifts. And because he has experienced a real, genuine filling of the Holy Spirit that he describes as part of the Alpha Course. People get jealous. People get uncomfortable. And people then get personal. Here's a recommendation before we take on board certain things. Does it align with what the Bible says? John chapter 14, verses 12 to 17 say this. This is Jesus' words. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And here's an interesting verse when I look at that pamphlet that tears down because of the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus says his followers will do greater things than he. How? By the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit. By the indwelling of the person of the Holy Spirit. And the world cannot accept the Holy Spirit because it doesn't see or know him. Maybe these religious people are more in the world than they realize. Are we? Are we willing to accept what God does and who he is? We're called to be united in Christ, not against him. There's a banner at Keswick Convention that used to say, all one in Christ Jesus. We may have some disagreements. We may have some different theologies. But so long as the main fact is Jesus is the big everything. Jesus is what it's all about. He is our hope. Then actually, there's certain things that really don't matter. This church in Thessalonica experiences opposition, just like Nicky Gumbel's experienced opposition. He experienced opposition from people who called themselves God's people. Spring Mount as a church is sometimes a church that is opposed by other denominations because we're independent. They don't understand what that means. Because we're different, maybe. Because our style is a little bit different. 
The important thing that we do as a church, and we will keep doing, is to point people to Jesus as Lord and Saviour. You know, you cannot hope in the church. You cannot hope in a building. We found that over this last 12, year, 12 months. But we can hope in Jesus. I will put my faith in Jesus. Today, I want to remind you that as a church, we've got to point to Jesus. Christ, Saviour, Lord of all. The only way. Do you know, as a church, do we proclaim Christ crucified and risen again? Yes, we do. That's what the Bible tells us to teach. Do we believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and that it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me? Yes, we do. So, these people of God were persecuted. What does the Bible say about persecution? Well, Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 to 12 said, Blessed are you when people insult you, when people persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. This is a weird verse that Jesus says, isn't it? Blessed, rejoice and be glad when people insult you, when people are horrendous to you because of him. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven. There's our glory. There's our hope. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is nothing new. It has happened to all God's people, the prophets and even Jesus. Why should we be any different? But be careful what we call persecution. This current situation we're in, this pandemic, churches actually have far better dispensation than many other groups. We are allowed to meet. We could have people in this building today. We're allowed legally. Just because we could doesn't mean to say we should. Because actually the message is to stay at home. And I find it fits very uncomfortable when actually other groups aren't allowed to meet. But we can This current situation is not persecution. This current situation is people in a pandemic. But when we are attacked because we believe in Jesus Christ crucified and risen, when we're attacked because we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells within, then that's persecution. When it's done because of Jesus, that's persecution. So piece of advice, choose our battles wisely. Let's not tear down somebody else's work that proclaims Christ crucified, that proclaims Jesus as saviour without looking first of all at ourselves. We see a people persecuted. The second thing we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is we see a people that are prevented. Firstly, they're prevented from telling other people the good news. It says in verse, um, verse 16 that it was an effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles. They didn't want the good news sharing. They didn't want people to hear the good news. Imagine for a moment, somebody that you really care about has a life-threatening illness. It might be an easy one to imagine for some of you. Imagine that somebody has a life-threatening illness that can be helped if you are allowed to deliver the cure. Yet some people don't think your cure is right. Some people don't think that what you've got to give that's got to help them isn't right. Even though it's proved to be the answer. So they beat you up every time you try and get to your loved one. They, they blockade the roads so you can't reach them. They punch the tires on your car so you can't drive to them. They turn off your internet so you can't share the good news. They set up protests to stop you from getting there. I've mentioned before that our dog is diabetic. I think she's approaching the end of days, sadly. Sorry, sorry, Chloe. Sorry, Ross. 
I think uh, this weekend particularly, I'm convinced she's now also got narcolepsy because on the, I can't remember what night it was now, but on Thursday night, she trotted into our room and she just keeled over. And that, we thought that was it. She fell over, head hit the floor, and we, we, we said her name. She didn't stir. And in the end, she just wanted a bit of food. And then the next morning, the same thing, keeled over. And I thought, oh, no, she's gone. She's a goner. But actually, she's diabetic. She has to have insulin twice a day. And actually, if she doesn't get it, then she will die. So just think about that. If actually we decided we're not going to get to the fridge, maybe Joel doesn't like Miley. Uh, He does really. But maybe he sort of starts blockading the fridge when it's insulin time, you know, because we've got the cure. We've got the thing that's got to help her get through the day. We've got the thing that's got to be good news for her. But actually, sometimes that bottle of insulin gets low and we hit the weekend and we desperately have to get to the vets. Imagine if I stopped Ros and Chloe going to the vets to get the very thing that that dog needs to survive just because perhaps I thought, actually, it's cost us too much money. She's getting on a bit and, well, she's had a good life. Or maybe, what if I decided that the vets are wrong? That the vets, oh, don't give her the insulin. The insulin, no, it's not going to help her. What if I decided I knew better than the experts? That the dog has just as much chance of living whether she gets her insulin or not. That's what was happening here. The people were prevented from telling the good news that would save. The people were being prevented from sharing the, the thing, the antidote to sin. Do you know... We have a virus. Every single one of us, the Bible says we're born in sin. We have a virus that we call sin. That covers everything that goes against God. Sin, it just means the things that are wrong. The Bible says all have sinned. We all make mistakes. that have gone against the best that God has for us. And we need a cure. Well, do you know, the good news is we have a cure. That Jesus died to save us. That he died to save us from the ultimate effects of sin because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Jesus died and rose again so that if we accept that cure, we will be saved. We'll be vaccinated against sin. We'll be inoculated because actually one day we will stand before him sinless because of Jesus. If we accept the cure, we will be saved. Yet many people in our world want to stop us from sharing good news. Even that church that was tearing down the Alpha Course, they're trying to stop somebody from sharing the good news or stop other people from using that course to share good news. There may maybe people watching this right now that have come to Jesus and come to this church because of an Alpha Course that Chris and Debs led or because of an Alpha Course that Howard and Jen led because they found out for the first time that Jesus saves and that Jesus loves. We don't want to stop others hearing the good news. But not only that, people were prevented in another way. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 17 to 18 says this. This is Paul. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. Do you know, the devil will prevent people from being together. At the moment, this pandemic is, being prevented, is preventing us from seeing and being with people that we love. 
That's Paul's situation. He loved this church. He loved these people. But something kept stopping him from getting there. He was prevented from being together. Right now, that's the boat that we're in, isn't it? Prevented from being together by the virus. But Paul says he's been blocked at every turn by the devil, by Satan and his schemes. What have we already said about the devil? He comes to steal, kill and destroy. The opposite of that is Jesus. He comes to bring life that you might have it to the full. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. You know, we don't talk about the devil much because God is bigger. Our focus shouldn't be on the enemy. Our focus should be on the one who is with us. Often with football managers, they often get asked about the other team and their comment can be, I don't focus on them. I think about how to make us, how to make us a better team. And you know, our focus has got to be on God because he's bigger and better than the other side. We don't need to be terrified of the devil. We don't need to see a demon behind every bush. But actually, Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 12 say this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Where's your strength today? Where's your hope? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. How bad is it right now that we are unable to see one another? Yet our struggle isn't against the people of the world, our struggle is against the dark powers that are in it. Do you know, it's far worse for people who are in prison because of their faith. People who are prevented from being together because they've been locked up because they want to share the good news. It's far worse for people who've been killed because they believe Jesus is Lord. I read a statistic a few years ago, and I think I've shared it before, that if you remember that Boxing Day tsunami many years ago, that the same number of people die every year just for being a Christian. 150,000, I think it was at the time. Do you know, the devil wants to tear apart marriages. You might be watching this this morning. The devil wants to tear apart your marriage. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to ruin. He wants to separate. He wants to prevent. Don't let him win. He deals in separation. And his strategy is chaos and isolation. He tempts, then he accuses He deceives and tricks. He promises what he can't deliver. And here we see people prevented from being together. Why? Because of his schemes. He wants this church to fall apart. This young church. He wants this church to not grow. Yet actually, oftentimes in trouble, growth is exactly what happens. What can we do in this situation? Well, We've talked about our vision as a church a little bit this morning and one verse in particular has kept coming along and that is 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 because it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin." and I will heal their land. What was the solution in the Old Testament? It was to humble themselves, to say, God, you alone are above everything, to kneel and pray, to seek his face and cry out to him, and to turn from the stuff that we do wrong, to say, I'm not longer living in that way, 
but I'm going to face God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to put him first. And then he will forgive our sin and he will heal their land. Here's an easy way to remember that verse. Kneel and seek, repent and pray. Kneel and seek, repent and pray. Kneel before him, seek his face. Turn from the stuff that's rubbish and say, God, we need you like never before. Stop rejecting the word of God that says what's best and what's not. Stop rejecting what he's saying to you. Restart, today, restart your relationship with him. When we as Christians don't reflect his light, then we also prevent people from seeing and hearing the good news. When we as people keep living in that rubbish, we stop people from seeing the good news and hearing the good news. So we get a people that are persecuted. We've got a people that are prevented. And finally, we have a people that are reconnected. Couldn't find another P, I'm sorry. A people that were reconnected. 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 to 20 finishes with these two verses. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. Paul asks the question, what is our hope and what is our joy? And the answer is the people who've responded to the good news. The people who responded to the good news are his joy. And the hope is that one day they will be together again. If not on earth, then in the presence of Jesus, the Lord of Lords, when he returns. Do you know, I really miss seeing you all right now. I really miss saying hi and getting together. I really miss having the men's meals and having a chat over food. I really miss connecting. It's difficult. I am desperate to get back to being together. And I'm desperate to get to see some of you. And I hope it's soon. But my hope has to be in Christ Jesus. My hope has to be that one day it will be the case. My joy will be the reward at seeing how many of you have persevered and have grown despite the difficulties we've faced. To see people who have flourished despite the difficult soil. To see people who have grown despite not being together. We're seeing that in some of our connect groups. We're seeing people who weren't online before, who are now connecting, who are now asking questions. In our connect group on a Tuesday night, we have some of the the young children of the families for the first bit. And you know, their answers and their sharing and their Bible connection is quite amazing. They are growing in this lockdown, even without Sunday school, because they're getting together, they're discussing God's word and they're hearing it and not rejecting it. On Tuesday night, when I asked one of the questions, the adults in the group were all, they all look away as if you can't answer the question. But all three of these eight, nine, ten-year-old boys that were on the group gave answers. When I said the question, it was, what do you think of or who do you think of when I say the word courage? And with quick as a flash, one of them said, well, Moses, because he was afraid to go and speak to Pharaoh, but he still went, he was courageous. One of them said, well, definitely Jesus. Jesus was courageous because he went to the cross and died for us. These are young children that are growing because they're finding connection in those groups. My joy will be the reward at seeing how many of us as church have persevered and grown despite the difficulties we're facing. My joy will be being together again in the presence of God. Hopefully it will be on this earth in this, this year. But if not, it will be in the presence of God in heaven, in eternity. 
I was reminded as I finished today of a secular song that was sung in one of the Fast and Furious films, I think, uh, and it was very poignant when one of the stars uh, tragically died. And the words say this, it's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. That is my thoughts this morning to some extent. It's been a long day. It's been a long year. But let's get together and I'll tell you all about it when I do see you again. I might see you on Tuesday night on Zoom. I might see you tonight on Zoom. But actually, we've come a long way from where we began. Let that be our song at the end of this year, that we've come a long way from where we began. Don't be sat not growing. Don't be sat shriveling up. Don't be sat isolated when there is ways to connect. My prayer this morning is that we will not let anything or anyone stop us from sharing good news and from being good news. My prayer is that we will be together again. But my biggest prayer is that God will heal our land. Yes, of the virus, but God will heal our land of the sin that infects. How will he do that? By us kneeling and praying, by us putting him above all, by us repenting of the things we've put in his place and the ways we've lived, and by praying for all people. Where is our hope and joy? Our hope is in Christ's return and in eternity with him. Our joy is in you when we remember the work he started and he promises to finish. Amen. I'm going to pray, we're going to have the worship just to finish, but hopefully from next week onwards, we'll also have a Zoom room set up so that if something's been shared, we're going to have some prayer time. So I know people have really missed that ability to pray for one another, to listen for one another. So in coming weeks, we're going to have two or three people from our prayer team who will be waiting in a Zoom room. And if you want to go and be prayed for or while they listen to God on your behalf, then that's something we're going to start hopefully next week. So just stay tuned for that and we'll post those details on the screen next week so you can see what we're going to do. But for today, be the good news. Be those people, people, people who will stop at nothing to follow him. Thanks, Marie.